0: Live in the Dungeon, this is the Dream Warrior Review. I'm Kurt Thomas. I'm Mick Strawn. And this is a very special episode, episode 100.
1: 100. 100. 100. 100. To
0: celebrate episode 100, we are going to be reviewing a nightmare number three for the Dream Master.
2: Hey, Kurt. What's it about? It's
0: about this little guy named Freddy. And he returns once again to terrorize the dreams of the remaining Dream Warriors as well as those of the young woman who may be able to defeat him for good.
2: (laughs) What did you guys think of Dream Warriors 4? or Freddy 4, or Nightmare on Elm Street 4, or the fourth one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's right call course. it a Nightmare on Elm Street 4 because it's not just about Freddy. There are some amazing characters in the Nightmare on Elm Street 4. So other than Freddy's Dead, uh, my other favorite when I was like in my newer stages of being a fan was a Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Hello. I yeah. loved Alice. Yes, I loved it. I love the MTV aspect. I love the music. I love how fun it is. For me... I'm I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before, but I'll reiterate when I pictured Freddie, and when I would draw Freddie, it would always be part four Freddie. So it always stuck out in my mind. It's just one of those really fun movies, and it's so fitting that we're talking about it during its 30th anniversary year, and I think the special effects are phenomenal. I love the teenagers. I love that there's, you know, people or rather characters who defy stereotypes like Sheila not only is she you know this really kind of down to earth nerd who's not too nerdy but she's also a black girl nerd and that's so wild and it's great that she's in this movie and we have characters like Debbie who stand out and we've got we've got a little bit of the dream warriors which it was kind of really sad to see them go so early and i know that we'll probably talk about that but I was—I love the character of Alice. I think she's incredibly, pardon my language, but badass. Um, her ability to absorb the little bits and pieces of her friends is so. Um, I, I so always true. thought
2: that it was a very trippy uh, concept.
1: It is, but you know what? It's kind of symbolic in a way because it's—it's it's like the nature versus nurture thing, you know. You who you become is made up of all your friends and the the lessons you take away from your friends. And it's kind of like that element of growing up.
3: It's it's the literal literal
2: embodiment of it.
3: Yeah, Uh, exactly. I love that symbolism that you just correlated with that. I've never really thought about that until right now. Yeah. I love that.
1: And it's like when she looks at herself in the mirror, she's reflecting on that. I mean, she sees herself and the more she can find out who she is, uh, through, you know, unfortunately the deaths or rather the influences of her friends, the more she sees herself in the mirror and the more she's willing to take down the pictures. Like at the very end, she takes them down. She's like, these are the people who made made me who I am. These are the people who who matter to me and who have sculpted me into somebody and I'm ready to face the world because here I am. I'm looking at myself. and I'm not afraid of the real me. You know, kind I, of have, wow.
2: I have to admit That's this is, is that n- none of my... Uh, None of my friends have yet showed up on my stomach. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, I mean, if that's gonna if that's gonna happen. I wanna know if I could get them removed. Is that possible? Is there kind of like a, a thing for that?
1: You just have to look at yourself in the mirror, Mick, and then yes. they'll just burst through <laughs> you and rip your head open, and, you know. Can you see yourself in the
2: mirror, Wait, Mick? It, it, <laughs> is 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 that one of those procedures that you get? <laughs>
3: Well, uh, long as Freddy's your doctor and it's yes. not Dr. Seuss, yes, and, and, <laughs>
2: and those scalpel blades.
3: Oh my god, it's
2: funny. It, 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 in writing this book, I was talking to Andres about him, and I also talked to Rick Barker and Robert about this messing around in the waterbed scene when the blades, <laughs> when Robert is wearing these blades that Robert and Rick both, when they were doing the stunts with Andres in there understood said that you know it was it was not very comfortable making, knowing that he was in the water with with a set <laughs> of razor blades that were made to be cu- cutting that waterbed. That they they tried to think of every way they could to get around it, and they eventually just wound up with just cutting the waterbed with the blades, which was nice. uh, yeah. Well, you well
0: know. that's 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 probably one of my favorite scenes.
2: Yeah. So all of, you know when. Robert's jumping up and down and and bringing his claw down and stuff. He's got those razor blades on. Ooh boy, yeah.
3: I saw a behind the scenes feature about that scene, and I re- I just remember I don't think I've ever seen like Robert like yell or say anything on set, but that behind the scenes of that where he's you know part of my friend. She's like, I'm only doing this one more take. We gotta have the f- shot at some point. <laughs> he's like, Let's get this sh- done. I was like. Holy crap. Like, cause he's like covered in water and like, you know, just, you could tell he just was like, let's get this done. How many times have you guys filmed that?
2: I have to point this out. The greatest thing in there in that film is not Robert yelling or anything like that. Because it's expected. Everybody's been pushed to the limit right there. Mm -hmm. But there is a woman that is the first AD, very short hair, very short person. Uh, Her name is Mary Ellen Woods. And she's the one that has the ping pong face in the middle of that scene in the, I mean, in the making of, Mm -hmm. and she's the one that's just looking from face to face to face to face. (laughs) Like she's watching a tennis match with the calmest look, Yeah, (laughs) you know, it's just like with this, with this, like she she kind of walked around with the certain Zen to her. That was amazing. (laughs) She just like, and I remember I was actually there at that but i was doing what i do best which was staying the hell out of everybody's way and <laughs> trying to figure out what you know what i could do about it but i i distinctly remember seeing that discussion and 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 i just loved the look on her face just like mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay and uh, she i mean you know considering that everybody that was uh, all the stresses that were involved in that film. And, and, and it was amazing because everybody was going just in one direction. We were working it, you know, right. and mm-hmm. uh, everybody was on a creative wave that was on that film. That person, Mary Ellen Woods is part of the reason that everybody could just keep going forward, <laughs> going forward. And
1: she she kept us
2: all together. <laughs>
1: Well, you have to have somebody like that among chaos, Oh, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, then everybody's just panicking.
2: Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. Everybody thinks that the most important element and the most important person is a director. But I'll tell you right now is try and be a great director without a great first AD. And it is not going to happen because AD is the right the guy that pulls that pulls it together and you have to understand what what happens and how this works there can only be so many people working in one spot at one given time right mm-hmm. so when wh- right. when you're filming you have to create this incredible choreography that brings people from the outside you know into the set in the order that they have to be there and make sure that all of them are ready to do what they need to do at at this moment, and keep that going for days and days and days, and it's it's a very difficult job. Hmm.
1: What do you think was the most difficult either scene to shoot? Like, where were the tensions really high on set? Was there a particular scene that was hard? The waterbed sequence
2: and the Freddie Church. Those were ah. the really, really, really hard sequences. They all involved a lot of people, and and in the church, I don't think anybody was. Prepared for it because it had been written very late. Mm-hmm. People didn't really think that the church was going to work because of the set. Because of it, because mm-hmm. you have to understand something, and it's something that I point out in the book, and I don't think anybody ever brought this up. That was not a set. It wasn't in the classic definition of what you think a set is. It didn't have any walls. It was a bunch of pieces that were floating out in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. There was kind of window frames that kind of looked like windows and there was these two huge doors that were in a flat and all you could see were the stones on the edge and then we just wrapped Dubatine around the whole room. And people always talk, well, Wait a minute! You you had an entire altar boy area with, with with an organ behind it and everything. I said,
3: "Really? Do you really think that's what you're looking at? Because do you know what you're? <laughs> don't <laughs> ruin the power of film for people. do <laughs> like, let them believe. Let them. Let them think I'm one of those people. Like that's one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Well, well don't. hate don't. Hey, don't
2: hey then work. you know what? I fooled you.
3: You fooled me. You totally (laughs) did. I have to say that, like, and I don't know if you guys would agree, but, like, in the whole franchise, there are very, like, iconic things that stick out. And obviously, number one is the Nightmare on Elm Street house. So, like, the house itself, 1428 Genesee, like, is so iconic to a Nightmare on Elm Street. But I also feel like that church is, like, the second most iconic thing. Like, because I think that, you know after Nancy, there really wasn't like a strong, true, like final girl until there was Alice. And so Alice, I feel like that's where her showdown was as to where Nancy's showdown was at the house. And so even when it picks back up in like part five, like it's the symbolism behind it is so amazing. But just the set itself, like the whole thing is just so beautiful you know, the, the stained glass windows, the the Big little kids door. standing up in the church choir, like the decor, mm-hmm. the horrible wig on Lisa Wilcox's stunt double. <laughs> like just every like just everything. But it's so iconic. Like I just remember um when I first saw Nightmare Four you know nightmare four is like right up there with dream warriors for me it's i feel like the two of them go hand in hand really well together i feel like you can watch them i do too i i
0: I have start that i go well together yes but i i like three so much more
2: really yeah why is that
0: i enjoy watching three just as a movie overall just i find it more enjoyable this just feels like four feels like they just took a bunch of things that have happened and just smashed them all together doesn't really flow as smoothly as three days really
2: because i i thought
3: i thought floor
0: flowed really there's easy, some really i like the really scene where they repeat itself i love that part where the right
3: so do you do you think that you feel that way because you know a lot of the behind the scenes stuff like a lot of times when you know everything that happened on set or know a lot about the movie it kind of changes your opinion of a film do you think had you not known that like they were filming things on the spot changing the script daily Maybe. that like they didn't even really have a script or a storyline do you think that you wouldn't feel that way I, I
0: guess there's a possibility that that's part of it but i, I guess on the surface i didn't think about that but you, i thank you for pointing that out
2: now i have to rethink it
0: you
1: know
3: <laughs> i know well i mean that's why we're here <laughs> <laughs> i've said I,
2: I i've said this a million times and i've said the beginning and i saw the two of them i thought i've always thought that nightmare on elm street 3 is a better film i don't think that there's a doubt about that Right. But deep down inside, I have to say that I like Nightmare on the Street Four a lot better. Even though I know it's a it's a basically more flawed and and simpler film to a certain extent, I I just like it better because I it, it just it has a certain design and shock element to it. It really looks like it really yeah. looks like mm-hmm. the edge of the '80s. Well, I'm I mean, I'm almost afraid to say this, but one reason why I don't like Four Two
0: is because I don't yes. really like. Tuesday night very much. Oh, uh yeah, what? I knew I would get that reaction. <laughs> but no, I'm comparing it to How like dare you? I'm comparing it to Arquette.
2: <laughs>
1: Arquette. He paused before
3: no, he was like, I hey, don't really like a hundred,
1: long I am with And then he said "I ah, Tuesday's my girl. She's Tuesday like a night, good
0: friend of point. mine.
1: Like that kills me it's that you right.
0: say that. It's not that I don't like Tuesday night, just I like the person she replaced a lot better. Yeah. That's yeah. really all it is.
2: True. Yeah. And so, yeah.
1: so see if- I, i just think that number four is such a fun film i guess when i first watched it it wasn't that i was trying to look for like deep plot elements it all made sense to me now my biggest gripe is how early on the rest of the dream warriors die and but but at the same time it's like you know alice is such a good character and i think the special effects are awesome like you know the revival of Freddie via <laughs> right. fiery dog pee and like that whole sequence <laughs> <of these laughs> coming together and 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 you've got you know Freddie being yeah. ripped apart and like all of the that,
0: was spectacular. special effects yeah. in here. The ending was amazing. Totally I the ending. stellar. Yeah, really, sure. okay. You don't get me wrong. My biggest complaint about this movie is that there's a Rest rubber in arm hell. in it. And uh, I remember going to see it with Mick, and when we were talking <laughs> about the movie, he was like, "Every terrible movie needs a rubber arm in it." <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think about. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah but I actually liked it but, but really I was like laughing about that the whole time.
3: That's hilarious. No, I agree. I think I think so. I look at it like differently, and I don't know if it's because we're so engraved, like in the film series and in the community. Um, but I tend to look at it differently. I look at the character of Kristen as two totally different characters.
2: Yes, I never saw. Yeah, I honestly never saw them as being the same character. Yeah, I, it's I, not I really.
0: An extension of it, really.
2: I mean, right. they don't physically look like each, each other. They don't even have body styles at, at, right. at all. Like <laughs> the same mom. Oh come they on, the same mom. Come on. Hey,
3: they have listen, the same mom. The same mom so, and blonde so, hair. Wait a, a minute. That's, about that's... it. <laughs> well, no. I feel like I feel like in in. In Dream Warriors, like, I feel like um, Patricia's portrayal of Kristen was so good, and I, and don't get me wrong, like, I get why people like the Patricia Arcat, you know, Kristen, but I don't really feel like, sometimes people make her character out to be bigger than it actually was. I feel like, of the character development. All of the other characters in Dream Warriors. Was so much more than just Kristen's. I feel like if you break it down. like Even Patricia Arquette doesn't even have that many lines. She's just really there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and so when you come into like, Dream Master. I feel like the character in itself has evolved. So I feel like it's okay that it's a different actress. Yes it like would have been great to have her reprise it. But I feel like Tuesday's portrayal of it. Is something completely different. Now you know nobody in this. You know, cast is, you know, at that time was Oscar award winning. But I feel like her portrayal of it is different. I feel like she's, like, jaded. She's more, like, in a sense, she's fucked up. You know, like... You know, smoking. You see her smoking. Right. Like you see her smoking. She's, like, a loner. She's realizing she's losing her friends. Like, you know, I think it just... It sucks that the Dream Warriors got killed off so soon. But one of the things I wanted to point out... Um, when you guys were talking about, like, the look of the, the film that opening scene where it's the back-to-back house when she runs in and then runs out of the house and it's the the mirrored house from it was mm-hmm. so bone-chilling as a kid i was like oh my god because everyone has that dream you know you have that dream where you go to dial the phone and you can't dial the numbers or you run into something mm-hmm. and, and it's you know the same thing that you just came out of it was brilliant
2: nightmare on Elm street four had better dream sequences it, it had dream sequences that were honestly like they dreams. Did. I mean, there was there was a, a misplacement, a disjointedness, and let's face it, this hat's looked an awful lot like you were in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, are you ready for another
0: gasp? Okay. All right. Hit me with it. I thought Freddie was a little too comic in this one. That's another problem I have. Is uh, oh, he, he's, a, he's not very good at stand-up tongue. comedy, but he's really good at pest control. Yes. That's, I got to give him that
1: well this 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 is the film when I think it really switches over between more serious Freddie to more of the comedic version of Freddie, but this is the time period when they were trying to make Freddie appeal to the mainstream audiences. I mean, now was the time for merchandise. Now was the time for, you know, appealing to kids. I mean, he really had to be this personality, this character that people just loved. And I think this is the moment when he really became sort of this, this this lovable icon that you just wanted to own because he was fun. He was kind of funny. Yes, he was a little scary. So you had that that feeling that you kind of controlled him. But, you know, Freddie was really becoming this pop culture icon at that time. And I think that that's when, you know, it happened at part four. And so that's Love. why there's that big shift.
0: Oh, I get it now. You need the one-liners to make the, the Freddy Krueger doll that you pull the string and it says the. You have to have one-liners for yeah, that. Yeah, So exactly. that's why they put one-liners exactly. in it. Listen, yes. it's all about merchandising. Exactly. It's not about the movie. Yeah. He was
2: resurrected with dog <laughs> I piss. Agree with you, all bro. right.
3: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. I feel like he was. I feel like he was almost too funny. Like I feel like it was the start of it, but I think a lot of that also. Um, was from the success from Dream Warriors and Robert doing a lot of, like, press and being, like, on, like, the Joan Rivers show. And and so I think a lot of that came from his personality, people actually seeing who Robert England was and him, like, playing with the glove and being funny. I think that then is what parlayed it into Dream Master. So, like, here we have Robert, you know, promoting the films and promoting Freddy Krueger, and he's charismatic and he's funny himself. And so then when they go to do part four you know, that then comes across on screen as well. well. I do
0: like his swagger. He definitely had some swagger in this one they didn't oh, have. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's what we discussed with Mick before. I mean, it was that intentional choice of, you know, Robert had to be this personality. We had to make it not so, you had to put like limitations on him and you had like. to make him likable And because that was something that, you know, Robert really had. They just really pushed him to the forefront.
2: You go with the strengths that you have. You have to understand that this is the first, this is the guy with the mask that that can act through it, mm-hmm. right? This is not this is this is not Michael Myers. This is not right uh-huh. Leatherface. This is Freddy Krueger, and Freddy Krueger is he's got personality, and he's got well, you can see his face, and too. he's I mean, got I mean, that's yeah, part of it. Well, but but he also I mean, has the thing is Robert went so far beyond that in it. As the editor put it, uh, I was interviewing the editor for the book, and he says that that there was a discussion going around about whether or not Robert was going to be on this one. And, and the discussion between the editors was, well, he's just a guy in a mask, right? And then the Mm day, and then the film came, the dailies came from the junkyard and Michael Canoe turned to Chuck Weiss and says, look at this, look at this shot. And and they were looking at the shot that goes across the car parts and then comes up and you see Freddie standing there. Mm -hmm. He says, Right. And, and, you
1: shouldn't have buried me i'm not dead and michael canu goes that's, uh, that's that's not a, a
2: guy scene. in a mask <laughs> that, right yeah. he says that's that's an actor that's a real mm-hmm. real actor right there and and it's true mm-hmm. i mean still to this day it's the first guy that's come up that's even close in, in, in the horror film realm to me is Scarsgard. oh yeah so, yeah i mean really yeah totally
1: you but know, I every like, time I see him out of makeup, Skarsgård, that's the point. It's like with Robert, you see him out of makeup and he looks like such this gentle soul back in the day. So cute with his little curly blonde hair. And you look at Scarsgard and you're like, every time I see him, he just turned, what, 28 maybe? And yeah. I'm like, God, you're you're only a couple years older than me. But watching him as Pennywise <laughs> and then really just does. seeing he- him interviewed, <laughs> I'm like, you're just a kid. But what you're able to accomplish behind that makeup it's just phenomenal.
0: Oh, but he can look creepy without his makeup.
2: Oh, he can look creepy yeah. without his makeup.
0: I don't know if you've caught any of Castle Rock, but he looks creepy in a couple of shots in that movie. In that yeah, show. Castle Rock.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not to like oh, get yeah. off topic, but what a lot of people don't know about Scar's Card is when he does that eye thing in it, that's him really doing it. Yeah, so, yeah. like, he Crazy. can really mm-hmm. make his eyes shift that way. And mm-hmm. it's just so. It's, I actually feel like he would make a good um, Freddy Krueger. Cool. I feel oh, like, yeah. Cool. like yeah, in the prequel. I feel like he could be a good Springwood slasher, because they mm-hmm. both have that quality. Both him and Robert have that that same Genesequa quality.
2: See, to to me, it's either him or Rubisi. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Am oh right my to, god, t- I could to totally see you about it totally being, being as Freddy. As, yeah. Freddy. He has the full yeah. package that would make an amazing Freddy Krueger. Or they could
0: just go full comedy and do Will Ferrell. But <laughs>
3: <laughs> No.
1: <laughs>
3: Adam I'm Sandler. Is I'm with you. Like, Krueger. I don't like the funny Freddy. <laughs> like I'm totally with you on this. Like I'm not a fan of like the humor and Freddy and and in Dream Master, I feel like it was so like towerable tolerable. You know, it wasn't too over-the-top, like, when you get to, like, Freddy's Dead or anything like that. But I really feel like what makes Stream Master set apart um, is Lisa Wilcox. I feel like the betrayal of Alice, you know, it's another strong female character. And I love um, what DeAndra said at the beginning of this episode about how, you know, it's a symbolism thing. And taking on the strengths of your friends and, and overcoming stuff, like... At this film, like, who knew, you know, back in 1988 when you guys were filming this, that, like, this is what people would relate to this day, you know? That, like, they would see this strong female character who kicks Freddie's ass in the most epic way ever, and then that death of Freddie is just so, like, iconic. It's It's just... It's so beautiful and and haunting, and it's just is so cool. Now, you can disagree
1: with me on this, but I really feel that Alice is, without a doubt, the character who goes through the biggest shift. Oh, yeah, no and doubt. And it's not really just like between 100%. one to person to another, it's an oh, evolution between that mousiness and that kind of greasy hair to this confident woman who just grows up in front of you
3: 100
0: and she was a freak inside that had weird bracelets in her drawers
3: <laughs>
0: sorry I, had to go there. I feel
3: like alice's character it, i feel like her character development is the character development we wish we could have seen nancy thompson yes, have. yes. right so like name, no that that so like is nancy thompson yeah. that is true we get nancy thompson in one and then we get her in three and while she's great in three and you know, Dream Warriors is my favorite film of all time. But, like, while she's great in the dream, we didn't see that progression. And I think no. that, you know, Alice's progression, I think that that's why another reason why we probably resonate with her is because we craved that for Nancy Thompson and we got to actually see it with another person.
1: Paige, I almost feel like it was a regression, especially right. at that very end when you compare the two.
3: But that's another discussion. <laughs> no, definitely. I agree definitely. with you. You know, and I feel like that's another reason why she's just such a, a strong character
2: well she's a know. great actress
3: oh it's amazing yeah
2: can i throw one out can i can i can i tell you who yeah. my favorite actor in it was who? andres jones oh I'm gonna new- say Joey oh, I
3: it. <laughs> oh my we, gosh we have a we have a a, a love bit Andre. of a crush <laughs> <laughs> Just a of mean, a crush be, be, he's so sweet he's our little meatball. Person, and and his we talked about we on our radio show we talked about like his dad And we just said, like, how his character was, like, one of our favorite characters in the whole, like, franchise.
2: It's really funny because his character, when I interviewed him (laughs) and and I was talking about Columbo, I said... (laughs) I said, your character is Colum- you, you, Columbo, and he goes, "Geez, how did you even catch that?" I, can I see go, that, yeah. "Yeah, no." I said, "Totally." To to me, you're you're channeling Falk, you know, uh, all the way through it. And he had a couple of other people that he that he said he was, you know, u- using them. <laughs> Definitely to me, he was. When you first see him, and he's he jumps down and he comes up into that stoop, you know, that sort of like mm-hmm. that way that he would just slack his body down and then look at you with side eye or yeah. him and his side <laughs> eye. You know, I it was totally fault to me. And I, I really, and I might say this is, you know, all that stuff that he was saying in the classroom and stuff, when he started to talk, that was all his, his own dialogue. He wrote all
3: that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he told us that. I feel like his mm-hmm. character was probably the most relatable character in the entire film. Like everybody knows a Rick Johnson. You know, like he was that brother, that best friend, that boyfriend. He just was like so relatable and a very real character and I almost wonder if that is because um Andras has said that he put so much of himself into mm-hmm. that role. Oh yeah, and so it, it just comes off screen like very like. Genuine.
2: Have you talked to all these people? I mean, literally, I have now talked yeah. to all these people yeah. for 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 hours on end. This is what I've come down to: the characters that they played on the screen—that's who they are.
1: <laughs> I was just <laughs> going to say that. Same with same with Toy Newkirk. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Her whole, whole idea when when speaking to her her mind over matter literally is pretty much her That's motto really i <laughs> mean she put her mind to so much and she overcame anything that might have been in the physical world just because she had that determination and she she was so fantastic to talk to and so oh, inspirational yeah, yeah. because she had that mindset like she Sheila. is one of
2: my favorite interview for sure. I mean, I, you you get done with her, and you're a hundred percent sure that you're friends for life. And Brooke Thies. yeah, and, and Danny Hassel. Danny, Danny Hassel. Hassel is yeah. exactly the same character. I mean, he talks <laughs> the same him. way. <laughs> he's just yeah. he's just a party dude. <laughs> yeah,
1: hot shit, hassle. Hot shit, hassle. That's absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> And I think that, that, I mean, we've talked about it, and everybody can say it a million times over and over again, but that is what makes Elm Street so special is because these characters are real. I mean, you you give a shit about these characters because they're real people in the way that these films are made. And that's another one of the reasons why I love Part 4 so much is because I think it's another one of those films like Dream Warriors where you just have this really great group of Teenagers and actors who who get along, who are likable, who are very real because they have those characters who are similar to them, and and I, I love the dynamic of all of them. And they're so unique; they're not really stereotypical, like I said. And there's even Debbie. I mean, she's she's so unique in her own way. I mean, she's there with her dynasty, and and she doesn't like bugs, but but yet there's <laughs> yeah, something right. so unique about this tough chick. <laughs> this t- she's like a tough chick who's kind of a little bit soft right. in her own way. And I just, I love it. Rick, I he, to me, is, and, and slap me if you disagree, but I, I look at he, some of the Elm Street films, and it. I feel like a lot of the girls really take care of a lot of the guys oh, in the films. Totally. Like, Don Thompson, he really wasn't a great guy. Glenn he was kind of a dick, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, all, all along the, the way, there are all these guys who just don't don't map up to the strength of the girls, but but Rick really tried to take care of everyone around right, him. Yeah. I mean, he really gave a damn about them. And he stands out because of that. Just, he still does. I love it's, the cast. It's, don't yeah, forget Jake. You yeah. guys are forgetting
0: about Jake.
2: Jake the dog.
0: Yeah. Oh, Jake
1: the dog. I that was oh nice my
2: god, funny. that's hilarious.
1: Jason. What happened to Was that intentional? That naming him Jason was that intentional? Yes, Nick?
2: absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Of
1: course it was. <laughs> well, because at that
3: at that time wasn't like there a lot of talk of like Freddie versus Jason? Oh yeah, it yeah, just, like, yeah. Unfortunately, couldn't mm-hmm.
2: happen. Yeah, um, we had to get him back from space first. <laughs> right.
1: <here. Yeah. laughs> The first time I saw Jason in that movie, I was like, Jason, definitely named after Jason Voorhees. He's even got spots on his face, like the spots in Jason's hockey mask." <laughs> I mean, I was really reaching here. Yeah. <laughs> but that was one of the first things I thought Did of. Did anybody
2: recognize uh, Jake from um, The Hidden?
1: He was, Yeah, he was in The yeah. Hidden. Yeah, he was the dog of... The same guy who was in Part Four and said, "Yo, baby, a sucking on the wrong—that's right. <laughs> right, that's right, yeah, Whoa.
2: yeah."
0: Connection made in my she, head.
2: She—he uh, uh, became uh, the creature that was inside of the, uh, uh, the stoned-out hooker,
1: <laughs>
2: supposedly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
3: I admittedly have never seen the hidden. Oh, a good so one. oh my gosh, really? Oh,
1: it is so much fun. Oh, the hidden's a I'm great I'm just now film. catching
3: up. I'm just catching up on a lot of like old school. Maybe Kyle
2: MacLachlan. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Michael Nuri. Those guys, those guys
1: were
3: terrible. <laughs> they were just Kyle <laughs> McLaughlin to me will always be from Sex and the City. Like Same. I, some <laughs> people know him from Twin Peaks. I know him from Sex and the City.
1: I know every time I see him in Twin Peaks, because I've watched oh, all I of Twin, Twin Peaks, I love Twin Peaks, yeah. but every time I saw him, I was like, Trey just can't get it up. He just can't get <laughs> it up. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, the dog Jason, like, that was perfect. Like, that that opening scene where, like, Kincaid is in the back of the, the car, like, it just another another scene that is just so chilling like when you know freddy like evolves and then he stands there and that shadow is there and the music is playing the like nursery rhyme it's like it's Mm -hmm. just so it's just so perfect i feel like that's why dream warriors and dream master go so well together because dream dream warriors in itself out of all of the films i feel like is the best cinematic film like it looks the best it's scored the best like it just really looks like a a a real film. Yes, I you know. I, like not like anything. It, it's true.
2: I have to say that that the the score and and this totally has to do with how little time that we had to make it. Is that the score was was done really quick? It was done by Greg Saffin in in two weeks, um, basically in his garage. So wow.
1: Really? But, but, but go- I can't tell that it was done quickly, though, because yeah. the score to me, like, I hear the themes in my head sometimes with some of the other da, movies. Da, da, da. I have difficulty. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the blink blink, a blink, 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 like the little
3: xylophone kind of right. sound. No, he did. Or like they or yes. it sounds like they're hitting like garbage cans at some point, like the mm-hmm. big ones.
2: I was just going to but- say the reason to me that it didn't it didn't um, last as well as some of the others is that he did use a lot of 80s equipment to do it, that kind of moved on, right, you know, was, was used right in that period, and then and then moved on and not used again, you know? So... Uh, right. But
1: I, I think that's so fitting for part four, though, the MTV yeah, no, Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, I, I still think that that score really stands out to me. There's, like, Alice's theme in there. I mean, right. it's, it's super memorable still to me. Maybe it's because it, it was so important to me coming out of the very beginning of my fandom and, and still loving it to this day. Like if I had to sit down and watch a movie, if I'm having a bad day and I want to watch a movie that I don't really have to think about, but that is super fun and I enjoy and that makes me feel good. I'm, I think I'm going to sit down and watch a nightmare on home street four, because for me it's, it's fantastical. It's colorful. It's lively. It makes you
2: energized. It's like hanging out with your friend that doesn't, uh, that doesn't require anything of you not not right. not your friend uh-huh. that really you know starts to think about you know uh, worldly stuff and things like that you know it's it it's yeah. it, it's like hanging out with a friend that just you know sits on the other s- side of the sofa and occasionally looks at you and goes yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have reached the end of today's episode i know you want to hear more so please tune into episode 101 It'll be coming out later today, so please check back with us, and thank
2: you for listening.